Squadron Leader Jack Steele and the Starblade by Chris Bidette and Tom Butterworth. Episode 1, A Date with Destiny. Stands before me, old friend. My sight is fading, e'en as these wounds weep my lifeblood into the soil of this fair kingdom. It is I, Arthur. Rest easy, for the battle is won and your son is fled. The sacrifice that you and your knights have made this day has ensured a peace that will last for generations to come. Not all who sat at the round table have fallen, Merlin. Fair Bedivere led many a charge this day. And yet, by the grace of God, he may survive his wounds. Yes, Bedivere. Where is that boy? Wasn't he here a moment ago? (coughs) (coughs) Aye, he was here. And I sent him away again to complete the one task he has ever failed me in. Task? Yes. Even as I lay here, I knew that the great undertaking you charged me with those many years ago was at an end. I sent Bedivere to return Excalibur to the Lady of the Lake. You... what? But but he disobeyed you. Bedivere could not bring himself to fling the sword I have borne throughout our noble quest into the dark waters of the Lady's Lake, even though he claimed to have done so. I always knew he was a bright lad. But he has never lied to me before, and the truth was written clear upon his visage, and I made him swear, Merlin, upon all the love he bears for me. I now... The sword will have been returned. Listen, he approaches. Gather the rest of the knights, Merlin, that I may sit with the round table one last time before I pass to the next world. Heaven save me from dramatic final gestures. I hate swimming. Uh, Now then, let me see. Ignos! That's better. Might dry these robes out too with any luck. Let's have a look at this technological claptrap. Ah, yes, yes, that's it. No, I'm sure that these things are a setting for tearing down castle walls. Ah, there. Should be enough to bring down the roof of this cave and ensure me a few centuries of uninterrupted sleep. Ah, there's good. Now, where did I put that pillow? And so, to conclude today's lecture on Arthurian myths and legends, it's probably worth adding that we call these stories legendary for good reason. Whether or not one chooses to believe in magic, Excalibur and the Lady of the Lake, or Mordred's alleged unsightly boils, (laughs) the stories of Arthur and his courage, his stand against evil and immorality to protect those weaker than he, are timeless concepts. Archetypes that display all the greatest and best qualities that human beings should aspire to. And perhaps these stories always teach us one lesson above all others, that it is always courageous to oppose true evil, and that no fight against such evil is ever, ever in vain. Thank you all for coming. Blooming it, Jack. Professor Sterling really knows how to give a good lecture, doesn't he? I reckon I even understood some of that. 
He certainly is a very clever man, Bilkins, and a wonderful storyteller too. You know, when he talks about Arthur, Lancelot and the others, well, it's almost as if he was describing people he knew. I know what you mean. It's almost magical. Cool. Wouldn't it be brilliant to be a hero like that and have real adventures? Well, I think I get more than enough excitement in my day job, Bilkins. Yeah, but that's because you test new aeroplanes to see if they fall apart. In fact, you usually test them until they do fall apart, even me to pick up the pieces. <laughs> Come on, old chap. When was the last time that happened? Well, there was that de Havilland piranha last month. Blimey! I already had an air cut this week. How's she handling, squadron leader? Sweet as a kitten, Bilkins. Sorry about last part was a little low. No problem, sir. Remember to keep her under three quarters power, though. The Diavolin boys haven't reinforced the wing struts like I asked them to yet. Don't be such an old woman, Charlie. She's as tight as a nut. I'm going to pull a Zimmerman, rack up a few Gs and see how she holds up. Jack, I don't think, uh. Hold up. What does an amber flashing light above the altimeter mean again? You've lost tension in the flat control cables. She'll be fighting your every move now, Jack. So throttle back and glide her in gentle-like. Um, what about the red light in the centre of the dash? And, and this infernal noise. More problems with the flaps? In a manner of speaking, Jack, it means you haven't got them anymore. They've fallen off. That would explain... Parachutes opened. You still receiving me, squadron leader? Receiving, Bilkins. Shoot's fine. Looks like I'm going to end up in a cornfield north of the airstrip. Righto, Jack. I'll hop in the truck and come over to collect you. Um, get your skates on, Charlie. There's a rather large dog here. I mean, it took me over a week to pick all those pieces up out that field, and that farmer was none too happy. Really? Well, at least his dog liked you. Brute damn near had my arm off, sir. Nonsense. He was only being friendly. I thought the brute was going to lick me to death before you got there. Ah, there you are, Jack. Hello, Professor Sterling. Splendid lecture today. Why, thank you, Jack. Good of you to say so. I do think it's remarkable the way you bring the past to life and make all the ancient stories of Arthur and his knights have such resonance and meaning for us here in the modern-day 30s. Well, it is my pleasure to make sure Arthur's example is passed on from generation to generation. And not that you need any such example set for you, Jack. You're a good lad. And yet he is always trying to give me the slip. Yvette! I'm in this delight. We were supposed to be going over your last physical report before the test flight tomorrow. Yet here I find you, in the Oxford University Alumni Lounge, passing the time with friends. Hello again, Monsieur Sterling. Delighted as always, Miss Dulac. I'm, I'm so sorry. I completely lost track of time. The lecture was... It was very interesting. <laughs> it is okay, I am only teasing. Hello, Monsieur Bilkins, how are you today? I'm in tip-top shape, Mr. Duck, thank you. <laughs> keeping squadron leader still out of trouble, I hope? <laughs> oh, just about managing to keep his nibs airborne, Mr. Duck, despite his repeated attempts to break your aeroplanes. Ah, oh, you're a great mechanic, Charlie Bilkins, but you're a rotten sidekick. You're supposed to keep me up in the air, not bring me crashing to the ground. Oh, Jacques, do not be cross with Bilkins. I encourage him, and I should not. I am so used to seeing you all calm and in control of your aircraft. It's just so amusingly different to see you caught off guard. Well, Mr. Lack, I'd say that's mission accomplished. 
Now, if you'll permit me, I'll say a swift goodbye to Professor Sterling, and then I'll accompany you back to the testing range and back to work. Certainement. I'll see you at the car, Jack. Well, take care of yourself, Jack. Thanks for stopping by. Are you still coming for supper on Thursday? Wouldn't miss it, Prof. But before you go, those closing remarks of your lecture about fighting evil, upholding justice, being true to oneself, opposing evil within one's heart and in the outside world. Yes, my lad? Well, they all rang so true with me. And I know I serve His Majesty well, protect our country and serve the citizens of Great Britain to the best of my ability. But sometimes it doesn't feel like enough. I suppose I feel like I'm still waiting to fulfil my purpose somehow. And I've never felt it more so than upon hearing your words just then. My lad, everyone has their path to follow, and destiny has a way of sending forth the most worthy individuals whenever they are needed most. Never fear, Jack. You are following the path that was meant for you. What do you mean? Oh, I just mean that you are doing what you are most suited to. You're a good pilot, lad, or so Miss Dulac tells me. Does she? Yes, indeed she does. She seems to think very highly of your ability. What? So I suggest you do not keep her waiting any longer, hmm? Oh, yes, right. Well, I'll see you soon, Professor Sterling. And thanks. Goodbye, Jack. Ah, that boy. If only he knew. If only I could tell him. You can't take her up in this, Jack. Nonsense, Charlie. A quick climb to get above the cloud layer and plain sailing from then on. Yes, but... Plain sailing, do you see? Come on, Bilkins, off with that tarpaulin. Let's have a look at her. Well, I have to hand it to Mr. Lack. She's a cracking bird, whatever the weather. Why, thank you, Squadron Leader. Yvette! I, I mean the aeroplane, of course. Um, not the... Uh, by Jove, what are you doing out in this horrendous downpour? It is my job, Jack. I knew that you would be able to take the destiny into the heavens. Even so, by now, even the ducks are praying for the rain to stop. Rain never stops an Englishman, Mr. Lack. Unless he's playing cricket. So, fire her up, Charlie. Let's get this destiny into the sky. Righto. Pre-flight checklist. You should come up here, Bilkins. It's a glorious day in the heavens. I'm up here on God's green earth, thank you all the same, squadron leader. Me and Miss Yvette are just having a nice You're breaking up, Bilkins. Try setting the wireless to the ultra-high frequency. Destiny to ground base. Destiny to ground base. Come in, Charlie. Dash it all, it's no use. I'd better... Wait, what's that? Four o'clock high. It looks like some sort of zeppelin. Destiny to ground base. I don't know if you can hear me, Charlie, but there's someone else up here. I'm going in for a closer look. Flight has got the sun at his back, but that's no zeppelin. It's more a kind of silvery boat. What on earth? Flight took a shot at me. Mayday! Mayday! No power! Zero control response! Altitude 5,000 feet and falling! Destiny is out of control! In A Date With Destiny, Jack Steele was played by Neil Frankham, Charlie Bilkins by James Harvey, and Yvette Dulac by Lucy Burton. Robin Alton was Professor Sterling, with Pete Eyre as Arthur. Sound production by Frank Redding, and original music composed and performed by Bill McSweeney. The episode was directed by Wayne Bolt. 
Squadron leader Jack Steele and the Starblade is an It's a Trap production.